ever been in a situation where something isn't sitting well with you? Things just don't seem right. Pastor Ed Taylor says that's the time to pray for discernment. You need to know the difference between good and evil. It's not just something you can learn in a book. It's not just something you could pull a book off, although studying right doctrine is important. You want to equip yourself with wisdom and understanding, lay the foundation of sound doctrine. There are times, though, when your knowledge just quite can't help you. You can't put your finger on it. That's an awkward place to be. You just can't put your finger on it. It's frustrating. You're so used to putting your finger on stuff, and you just can't get this one. You can pray in that very instant for discernment. You can ask for it. God, I don't know what's going on here. I need to know, though. Something just isn't right. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You purchase some red shiny apples at the store because they look so good and then you take them home bite into one and discover it's mushy and tastes awful not everything is what it appears to be and that's true in the spiritual realm as well today on abounding grace we'll learn to discern so the next time a holy spirit alarm goes off we'll know what to do here's pastor ed taylor in first samuel 16. have you ever heard of the phrase the holy spirit alarm you ever heard that? Holy Spirit alarm. It's that sense that you get when you're in a situation, a nudging, a hesitancy, a concern over what's in front of you, but you can't quite put your finger on it, especially as it relates to spiritual things, where something's been presented to you, something's laid before you, and there is an alarm going off, a pause. You were running full speed ahead and you slow down because the Holy Spirit is wanting to reveal something to you right before your eyes. I believe when we use the phrase the Holy Spirit alarm, I believe that that is another way of describing this manifestation of the Holy Spirit known as the discerning of spirits. Not just a learned discernment from the Word of God, but an immediacy and an appearance, a manifestation of the Spirit that gives you instant discernment, the ability to tell from right and wrong in the situation before you. How important it is for us to allow the Holy Spirit to help us with discernment in every area of our lives, to be able to tell what is from God and what is not from God, what situation is from Him, what situation is not from Him, what teaching is from Him, what teaching isn't from Him. God wants to give us discernment. Why? Why do we need discernment? Very, very simple. Not everything is what it appears to be. Not everything is what you think it is out of looking at it watching it, listening, all of the senses that you have physically and all the conclusions that you make practically, not everything. I mean, there are things right now in your life. There are people in your life right now that appear one way, but it's really not the way they are. There's things going on in their life, 
Some of it's really, really heavy duty. Some of it's not so heavy duty. It happens a lot where you're talking to somebody and, and you go, hey, how you doing? I'm fine. Like, you don't need discernment on that. Like, bro, that's not, I don't know what bad is then because fine is not too good. But if somebody comes up and says, hey, hey how you doing? And they go, oh, I'm doing great. But the Holy Spirit says, no, no, no. Look deep into their eyes. They're not doing so good after all. It's discernment. Not everything is what it appears. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, Samuel is sent to anoint a new king. And he's depending upon his senses, even though, in verse 1, God says, I have provided myself a king among his sons. He says in verse 3, you shall anoint for me the one that I name you. And in verse 4, Samuel goes to the house of Jesse, and he sees the elders of the town trembling and They ask him if he comes peaceably, and he says, Oh, I come peaceably. Sanctify yourselves. Come to me to a sacrifice. And there he was in verse 6. When they came, he looked at Eliab. You might want to emphasize in your Bible the word looked. Oh, how looks can be deceiving. Why do we need discernment? Because there's a lot of deception. And we depend on our eyes far too much. He sees Eliab there and says, Surely the Lord's anointing is before him. God didn't say that. God didn't reveal that. That wasn't an answer to Samuel's prayer. That was Samuel making up his mind by what he saw. And the Lord intervenes. This is such an important decision that God intervenes immediately in verse 7. Do not look at his appearance or the height of his stature because I've refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Don't miss that phrase. The Lord doesn't see as man sees. God sees much more, and we need his eyes to see what he sees. That's where Isaiah 55 comes in. Turn over there with me. I want to show you how the scriptures reveal the importance of seeing things the way God sees them. That's why a daily dose of God's word is so vital. Your devotional life is not to mark off on a little card that you had devotions. Your devotional life is to help you see what God sees. To help you see and hear what God sees and hears. It's not so you go, oh, I feel so good. I did my devotions. No, rather it's, God, what do you see? What's before me today? Bringing those things that some of you sat down today and you were wanting to lay your burdens before the Lord. That's your devotional life. You you could just say, hey, I don't understand what is going on here. My kids are flipping out. And all I can see are kids flipping out. What's going on, Lord? There's tension in my marriage. And all I can see is tension in my marriage. What's going on? My singleness, God, has gotten to me. How and why? I'm wholly devoted to you. I have all this time as a single to live my life totally for you, but here I am all messed up over it, God. What's going on? I know my feelings, but what's the source? You want to be able to see what God sees. You want to be able to know what God knows. Notice in Isaiah 55, he says right in the beginning, it's so consistent with what the Lord's doing in our lives tonight. Ho, everyone that thirsts, come to the waters, and you that have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for what's not bread and your wages for that which doesn't satisfy? Right next to that, you can go, why are you wasting your time on worldly things? Do you think they're going to satisfy you? 
You think they're really going to bring you the satisfaction? If you really want satisfaction, come. You don't even have to have any money. A lot of times after you waste all your money on the world, you don't have anything. And the Lord says, just come to me. You'll learn once you come to him. You won't be wasting your money on things that don't last, things that don't build spiritually. Why are you spending your money for things that aren't nourishing you? Why are you wasting your wages for things that don't satisfy He says, listen diligently to me and eat what's good. Let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live. And then turn over to verse 8 as he goes through and he's crying out to the people. God's explanation is, you know, in verse 6 he says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. You come into the, you know, you think of how much effort and energy it took to gather together as a church tonight. Of course, many in our congregation aren't here tonight. They have a lot of good reasons, a lot of bad reasons for not being with the saints on a Wednesday night. But for those that have gathered, think about it. How much energy effort. Some of you have rumbling tummies because you couldn't make it right after work. And some of you got stuff you got to take care of. You got to go right back to work because you got some time off. Come to church. There's so many things going on. So much. And you have gathered together. And it's such a waste just to go through the motions. That's really what we're calling him. You're here. Seek his face. Lay your life down. You're already there. You're right there. In reality, he can be found at any time, but I'm telling you, you're ripe to call upon him in a time like this. I suspect that's why you came. That's why you took the effort. For some people, they're listening to this on the radio, and that's why they're turning on the radio. Hey, I want to be built up. I want to be strengthened. I want a song to soothe my heart. I want the word of God to edify and encourage and challenge me. Call upon him while he may be found. Let the wicked forsake his way, verse 7, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. You know, I pray that often, verse 7, let the wicked forsake his way. Because these doors, although they're not revolving, they become revolving doors for sinful behavior. Like this is a time to get right. This is a time to make a decision. But they're the revolving doors. Every door here could easily be a revolving door because there are people that sit here week after week. And then after a message like this, they go somewhere else to sit and they do the exact same thing. And they play around with sin. They're messing around in stuff. I don't need to, to lay a list because already the Holy Spirit can make that known. But they mess around with stuff. They come in here and they put the smile on. And, oh, look at me. And they, then they waste other believers' time because they're talking about nonsense and sin, sinful things. And then the believers are kind of distracted. And then it becomes a temptation. And then evil company corrupts good habits. And before you know it, they head out, go out, do all their evil. Then they come back in and it's a revolving door and believers get pulled down. That's why you need discernment. You don't know what's going on in people's lives. You don't know if you're going to be the one that God's going to be using to get into their lives. But you've got to be careful. This is, hey, seek the Lord while he may be found. I don't know why. You think it's a revolving, like it's okay, like none of us know. But I'm telling you now, with the heightened awareness of discernment, you're going to be found out. You go, what? I'm just going to go to another church. That's a bummer. But if you, whatever church you go to, I'm going to pray like somebody has discernment and just bust you wherever you go. They're just going to follow you everywhere. They're just going to, you know, or they're just going to follow you. you know, well, and I'll, just, I'll, just go to the, I'll just go to church in the mountains, you know, just me and God. Great, I'll have a bird talk to you, you know. <laughs> like, what are you trying to run away from? What? What? Says God sent a bird. He uses ravens. He's used ravens before. They're the scariest birds. We were walking in, uh, uh, into, into church from the parking lot on Sunday, and there was like a raven. Ah! And he was like, whoa, how would you like to be running away from the Lord? And God sends a few, like that movie, man, all those ravens after you. He loves you. 
Why would you turn these doors into revolving doors of sinful nonsense? Well, what good is that doing for you? What good is that doing for the kingdom of God? God loves you. He's going to passionately pursue you. It really doesn't matter if you run away. It doesn't matter that you would say, you know what, I don't, I don't like that guy up there. You know, I don't like him telling me the truth. Really? I, I pray that you learn to receive the truth because that's the only way you're going to get delivered. It's the only way you're going to find the abundant, everlasting life that's promised to you in Jesus. It's not God's heart for you to live two lives, three lives. It's not God's heart for you and I to have a list, of, of just a long list of lies that, that some of you have to actually write down your lies because you forget which one and who you told what. So you write it down. But then you write it down so much it gets all confusing because you can't keep up with it. I'll tell you right now, if you're known for lying, it's much easier just to tell the truth. Then you don't have to remember anything. Just tell the truth all the time. And you can just apply the truth to the situation that's in front of you. You don't have to, well, what did I tell them? What did I tell them? Oh, and then you see it on their face. Oh, maybe I didn't tell them that. Just walk in the light. And if you think lying doesn't happen in the church, then you need to read the letter to the Ephesians again because Paul tells the church in Ephesus, stop lying. That's the kind of stuff follows us around if we don't crucify ourselves, even as we sing tonight, laying our lives down before the Lord. Well, eventually we... He says, let the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts, discernment. We don't know what you're thinking, but God does. And let him return to the Lord. He'll have mercy on him. Isn't that loving? He's going to have mercy on you. He'll abundantly pardon. And then God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. As far as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts, your thoughts. That's why we need the manifestation of the discerning of spirits because we don't think the way God thinks. We, we don't think the way he thinks. We don't understand the way he understands. We need his eyes and his understanding. We need his thoughts. And that's where the gift of discerning of spirits, this manifestation of the spirit comes in. You can jot it down in Isaiah 14. That's the section of scripture that reflects the fall of Lucifer in this battle in the spiritual realm. There is an intense battle, two coexisting worlds at the very same time, the material and the spiritual. And we battle in the spiritual realm against these wicked demonic forces. So that in Ephesians chapter 6, we're instructed to put on the whole armor of God that we might be able to stand in this battle. It's constant. And if you attempt, and I attempt to fight this battle in the physical realm, it's over before you even start. It's not a battle of flesh and blood. It's not a battle of words or fists. It's a battle in the spirit. The spiritual man and the spiritual woman wins. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is this revelation of the manifestation of the spirit. The working of the spirit in the life of the believer. Gifts are found in Romans 12. Roles are found in Ephesians 4. Manifestations are found here in 1 Corinthians 12. And one of them is the discerning of spirits in verse 10. The discerning of spirits, the ability to tell between good and evil. Because there are false apostles, Paul said, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, he says, this is 2 Corinthians 11, no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. 
You need to know the difference between good and evil. It's not just something you can learn in a book. It's not just something you could pull a book off, although studying right doctrine is important. You want to equip yourself with wisdom and understanding, lay the foundation of sound doctrine. There are times, though, when your knowledge just quite can't help you. You can't put your finger on it. That's an awkward place to be. You just can't put your finger on it. It's frustrating. You're so used to putting your finger on stuff and you just can't get this one. You can pray in that very instant for discernment. You can ask for it. God, I don't know what's going on here. I need to know, though. Something just isn't right. So here's the definition, this discerning of spirits. The manifestation of the discerning of spirits is a supernatural insight behind a spirit, a person, or an event. It's like a person or an event or a situation is in the shadows, and the discernment of spirits brings a spotlight on it so you can see it for what it is. It's the God-given ability to distinguish truth from error based upon the word of God and the clear witness of the Holy Spirit. It's a supernatural understanding given to get to the heart of someone's motivation or the motivation behind an event or a saying. Somebody saying something, you get to the heart of not just what they said, but why they said it. With this manifestation, the Holy Spirit helps you instantly cut through the confusion and concerns that you have, the Holy Spirit alarm, the pause, the nudge, the hesitancy, the discerning of spirits helps you cut right through, right to the heart of the matter. And many times it begins with that uneasy feeling, an impression about a person, a situation. And you don't know exactly what's going on. But it certainly it isn't peaceful. It's certainly not a peace that passes all understanding. You may be picking up on somebody... You may be picking up on something that no one else has seen yet. And God has revealed it to you. He's shown you in that timing that you may need to ask that person a question. The the simple one. We don't don't always think of it as something like crazy, evil, horrible, you're going to confront the demonic realm every day. Don't don't think of it as weird. That's that's like when you start talking about these things, the teaching that's out there makes it sound like the Holy Spirit's like just totally weird and going to make you weird out on everything. That's not the way it is. It could be just something so simple as the instruction from those that are leading us in worship, whether it's Lindsay or Ryan or Ian or Andy or whoever it might be, saying, just take a few minutes. They they don't always do that. Sometimes they say, just they'll give you an instruction, three minutes. It's almost like I think they're going to take a stopwatch out and it's like, oh, three, three minutes. And I go, okay, three minutes, I can meet a few people. It's not just greeting just to do it or some of you try to hide and you don't make any icon. I'm not saying hi to anybody. It's not, that's not what the time is. That could be the work of the Holy Spirit where you're greeting someone and God says, I'm going to hook you up with this person. You're sitting where you need to be sitting, right next to this person, and they look so happy, but they're not happy at all. Ask them about their dog. What? I'm not going to ask them about their dog. And God says, ask them about their dog. His name is Snoopy. And you're like, oh, Snoopy, that's a cartoon. I'm just thinking of Snoopy because I watched the cartoon. I watched Peanuts last night. It's Thanksgiving special. And before you know it, I'm up here giving the announcements and you're done. When God gave you a word to go ask somebody about their dog and you wouldn't do it. Because it could be that in the relationship with that animal in the family that it opened up a such and such and so and so in their life and they just got some heavy stuff going on and and, and it all was just tied to opening them up. It could have nothing to do with the dog. It used to be the fact that God showed you that the, you know their dog's name. 
and immediately gave you credibility in their life. How would you know my dog's name? Are you my neighbor? Are you looking over my fence? You go, no, man, does the Lord just put that name on my heart? I know, I know it sounds weird, but obviously it's not weird because that's your dog. It's been your dog for 20 years, hasn't it? And just like all of a sudden, you're just walking in the freshness of the spirit, like greeting time. It gets so plain and routine, doesn't it? I wonder how many of you are really open just to minister to people. Just to say, and maybe in that relationship, the God, God, God would take you to that situation. And, and instead of sitting through the whole service, you end up in the foyer. You end up outside ministering to them for 45 minutes about things going on in their life. And you're like, can we do that? Yes. Now, if all you did that, then what am I going to do? But, you know, the Lord's going <laughs> to sort that all out. Of course you can. You can be used of God in amazing ways that aren't scripted that aren't predictable. The discerning of spirits. The ability to get to right to the heart of the matter. Where they say they're okay, but there's just... And don't try to guess this. Don't try to practice this. And go, okay, I'm not sure it's from the Holy Spirit, but I'm just going to try. Hey, how you doing? I'm okay. You don't look okay. Dude, I'm okay. <laughs> it is from the Spirit. It's not something you just try out. It's not something you try to guess. And now, all of a sudden, I've created a new ministry through my teaching. I'm going to look for people that don't look like they're okay. And I'm just going to... It's, it's just natural. So many of you have been experienced with the manifest, manifestation of the discerning spirits. And you, it's happened so commonly, you don't even recognize it. God has used you in people's lives. It's a powerful thing to be used by the Holy Spirit. We've been learning about the discerning of spirits, one of the manifestations of the Spirit here today on Abounding Grace with Ed Taylor. You can hear it again online at calvaryaurora.org. Ed, can you think of an example in your own life when this so-called Holy Spirit alarm went off? You know, Larry, I can. This happens quite a bit in my ministry as a pastor, as an overseer, as a leader in God's church. And many times it is a series of events that you just, you know, just lead you to the place where you can't put your finger on it, but something's not quite right, and something's just doesn't fit, and you got to step back and wait for the Holy Spirit to reveal more. I was recently uh, involved with a situation where I just sensed that the person wasn't being truthful to me. Uh, it just didn't ring true, the way, uh, what was being said, the way it was being said, uh, there was a tremendous amount of false humility, and, and but I couldn't put my finger on it. Uh, and so, uh, you know, begin praying, and, and as I'm waiting on the Lord, a situation was revealed uh, that I was able to, to speak to the person about, and, and I, I, I tried to verify the truth, and, and when the person didn't tell me the truth, I'm like, there you go. I know for a fact now. I know what I did, couldn't put my finger on. I know for a fact now. And then as I was continuing to wait for more revelation, because you know you don't want to jump to conclusions. You want to wait on the Lord, let Him bring out the truth. One more significant situation was revealed where there was, unfortunately, far more untruthfulness and lies than I had even uh, anticipated. Because you know, one of these things, uh, one, one of the ways I respond to people is I'm very trusting and I believe you at face value, but the Holy Spirit in discernment will bring about that Holy Spirit alarm, if you will, and going, oh, wait, on, wait, don't make any decisions, wait. And I could go on story after story. I mean, our producer, Kevin, Kevin, I was, we were talking about this earlier uh, and, and reading through the questions and uh, thinking about 
this thought and and I was like, Kevin, that's you. I mean, he operates in this manifestation a lot in a very powerful way, and it's very needed in the body of Christ today. Thanks for sharing that, my friend. We've picked out a wonderful book by Gene Edwards this month that we think you'll benefit from. It's A Tale of Three Kings, A Study in Brokenness. It features the stories of David, Saul, and Absalom. If you've ever experienced pain, loss, or heartache at the hands of others, this is a must-read. The Lord can certainly use it to bring comfort and healing into your life, too. When you give a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace, ask for a copy of A Tale of Three Kings. Give us a call at 877-30-GRACE or make a secure donation online at calvaryaurora.org. Those that prefer to write, here's our mailing address, Abounding Grace, Post Office Box 460598, Aurora, Colorado, 80046. Glad you've taken time out to study the Word with us. And be sure to join Pastor Ed Taylor tomorrow for Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Chapel, Aurora.